Well, good evening again. We're going to be looking this evening and for just a few moments um, in Isaiah 61, as will be today. We're going to look at the whole chapter um, again, just for a few moments. Um, don't want to keep you too long um, this evening. Get back to your hot cocoa um, and all that you're doing at home. So we just want to look at Isaiah 61 this evening and look at the great exchange and look at what God has given to us, what we bring to God and what he gives to us, what we offer to him and what we give to us. Um, I asked my wife permission to share this, so I'm going to go ahead and share this. When we go out to eat, um, my wife's first three words when ordering, or almost 99% of the time when she orders, is, is it possible? And then she does her order. Because she knows what she likes, and she knows what she wants, and many times the menu does not offer that for her. And so it's not nothing major. It's nothing um, huge. It is usually, is it possible to have this without mushrooms? Or is it possible to have no red peppers? Or is it possible to have this on the side? And we know, though, when my wife orders, those are pretty much going to be the first three words. Is it possible? And I want to look at this morning, or this evening, I did it, so there's one, so count that one. This evening, I want to look at Isaiah 61. And I want us to ask the question at the end of this, is it possible? Is it possible to exchange something for something else? Now, what Katie asked for are minor things, very simple things. She's not ordering a hamburger and says, is it possible instead of a hamburger, can I have a full-cooked turkey? Like, it's not that kind of exchange. But as we read through Isaiah 61, we are asking God something preposterous, something crazy, something that is insane to ask of, ask of God to exchange what we are bringing to God and expect something, not just small in exchange, not just a minor exchange, something dramatically, infinitely better than what we bring to the table. You see, Christmas reminds us over the, of the overwhelming goodness and graciousness of God. We bring absolutely nothing to the table, and God exchanges our nothing for everything. At Christmas, we rejoice in all of the instead-ofs that God gives us. As we read through this passage of Scripture, you'll see that. We bring one thing, and instead of that one thing, God gives us something else. We see in the book of Isaiah the story of judgment and hope. All the way through the book of Isaiah is judgment and hope. God rightly judging those who have rejected him and ignored him and rebelled against him. And the hope that he offers to anyone who humbly repents and turns back to him. We see this incredible promise that God will restore and renew and redeem all that is lost to those who turn to him. And we see in Isaiah that this is all made possible through a servant. Not through a king, not through a prophet, not through a government leader, not through the, a strong person you would think it would be from, not through that, but through a servant, a humble servant, a suffering servant, a rejected servant, a servant that the world does not recognize or see. The servant is Jesus. And we will see very clearly through this passage of Scripture that we bring something to the table, and Jesus offers us something infinitely better than what we bring to him. So my question for us as we kind of walk into this evening and we're walking into the season and kind of the end of our year, 
But many of us are, let's kind of be honest, we're limping into the end of the year. We're barely dragging into the end of the year. We kind of can't wait until this year is behind us in a lot of ways. And if we were to ask and be honest about what is it this evening that you can offer to God? What is it that you can offer to him this evening? Some of you would say very quickly, very easily, I've got nothing but hurt and pain and sorrow to offer God. That's all I've got right now. And I want to share with you this evening the hope that we see in Isaiah chapter 61. Let me read that for us, the whole chapter. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 11. It says, The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers will stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion, for they shall have everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them the recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Again, the question is, as we read through this, is, is it possible? Is it possible for this to be true? Is it possible for us to bring this heartache and this pain and the sorrow and the mourning to bring all of that to God in exchange for honor and glory and hope and peace? Is it possible? I want to say very clearly this evening, it is not only possible, it has happened. It is not just a pipe dream, and it's not just a Christmas card that we hope in. It's not just a Hallmark movie that we kind of hope and pray that it all works out in the end. I have confidence fully that not only is it possible, that it has happened and will continue to happen. I have four questions very quickly I want to bring to you tonight. First thing, what do we bring to the exchange? What is it that we bring to the table that we offer to God in this time? Look with me on verses 1 through 7. Just to highlight some words in verses 1 through 7. What do we bring to the exchange? We are poor. We're brokenhearted. We are captives. We are bound. Our mourning, our ashes, a faint spirit, our ruins, devastations, shame, and dishonor. 
This is what we bring to the table. This is what we offer to God. This is when he looks at us, what he sees. As we struggle through this world, as we continue to fight the battle in this world, as we try to live the life that he has given to us, oftentimes this is all that we have to offer. This is all that we get to give to him. Now, in this particular context, what's going on here is that the nation of Israel has been in captivity, and, and Isaiah is kind of fast-forwarding past the captivity and bringing and showing light of what it would look like when they come back from captivity. And so when they come back from captivity, this is what they have to offer to God. And for us, when we come from our captivity, when we come from our hard lives, when we come from our difficulties, this is what we have to offer to God. As I said earlier, some of us dragged yourself in here this evening. Some of us had zero desire to be here tonight. Some of us had zero effort or ability to be able to come here tonight, have been dragged here or, or are hurting or are sorrowful or are mourning or something is, is very heavily weighing on you this Christmas season. My encouragement to you tonight as we look through this passage of Scripture is that God accepts all of it. He takes all of it. What I love about this passage of Scripture is that God does not tell the nation of Israel, get your act together first. Wash your face, get clean, get happy, stop mourning, get over it, and then we can talk about us moving forward. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, I will take your mourning, I will take your ashes, I will take your dishonor, I will take your shame, I will take all of it. And so whatever it is that you're carrying this evening, whatever it is that is burdening you this evening, God wants it. God can handle it. God is not shocked by it. God is not repelled by it. You see, the kind of God that we serve is the kind of God that actually draws near to your brokenness, draws near to your heartache and to your pain. So what do we offer in the exchange? We offer brokenness and a faint spirit and ashes and all of those different things. Secondly, the question, what do we receive in this exchange? And again, this is the mind-boggling part of this. This is the part that should shock us when we read Isaiah 61. This is the part that when we read Isaiah 61 that we say, there is no way this can possibly be true. And it is true. Again, look at the same verses, verses 1 through 7. What do we receive in this exchange? Infinitely more than what we brought to the table. We bring good news. We receive good news. We are bound up. We receive liberty, the opening of prisons. We receive the Lord's favor, the justice of God, comfort, a beautiful headdress, oil of gladness, garment of praise, oaks of righteousness being built up and raised up and repaired for some reason that I can't comprehend, we are called the priests of God, the ministers of God, eating the wealth of the nations, boasting, receiving back a double portion, receiving everlasting joy. This is what we receive in the exchange, and this is what should shock us when we read Isaiah 61. When we bring all of these things to the table and God does all of this to us. When he gives all of these things to us, this is incredible for us. And this is what God offers us. This is the joy that he gives to us. This is the fullness that he gives to us in unimaginable fullness. And reading these words do not give us a, a faint idea of the goodness that God wants to give to us in exchange for the brokenness and heartache and sorrow and mourning that we bring to God. 
So this is what we bring to the exchange. This is what we receive from the exchange. And number three, why would God do this? Why in the world would God respond to a weak, humiliated, shame-filled, mourning people who had rejected him and rebelled against him time after time after time? Why would God do this? Because of his character and because of his glory. This is who God is. This is what God does. We look in verse 8. It says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. This is the kind of God that we love and we serve. This is the kind of God that is real. This is the kind of God who created you and made you and knows your weakness and loves to exchange your weakness for strength and loves to exchange your humility with honor and loves to exchange your shame with glory. This is the kind of God that we serve. This is who he is, and it honors him. It glorifies him to draw people into himself. Verse 7 says that they may be called these things, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is an astounding truth to me that when I bring my brokenness and weakness and sorrow and pain to God, it brings him honor to step into that pain. It glorifies himself to heal the hurt, to give you gladness instead of mourning. It brings glory to him because this is the God that we serve. We do not serve a God who shuns us and turns his back on us, and is disgusted by us, and says, no, it has been too many times. We serve a God that in our weakness, and in our pain, and our sorrow, he draws close. He comes near. So much so that he sends his son Jesus to be with us, to understand us, to live how we live, to be tempted in every way, yet without sin. This is how much it glorifies God and in his character to draw near into our weakness. That Jesus steps into our lives. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is the center of why we do. It's because we bring God our hopelessness and our helplessness, and God says, here is my son, Jesus. Now that's a great exchange. That is not something I can never earn. I can never pay back. That I do not deserve one bit. That I bring to God my brokenness and my pain and my sin and rebellion. And God says, here is my perfect son to live for you, to die for you, to be raised from the dead, and to come back and to get you. Finally, number four, what is our response? Our response to all of this is to receive and rejoice is to receive and rejoice. It is not to work. It is not to do something. It is to receive. It is to receive by faith that this is real, that this is genuine, is to receive what God offers to us. Look again in verse 10 and 11. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. 
What do we do in this response? If this is real, if all I bring is my pain and sorrow and mourning, and what God wants to give to me is, is fullness and joy and, and peace and security, how, what do I do in response to that? I receive it. I take it by faith. We see in verse 10 that we've clothed us with the garments of salvation and covered us with the robe of righteousness. What do I do? I receive that. By faith, I believe that that is real. I believe that God's promises are real. I believe that this exchange is genuine and true. So by faith, I receive all that God gives to me. You read Isaiah 61, and your first thought should be, this is too good to be true. And you are right. It is. Except it is true. And how do I receive something so spectacular, so wonderful? I just say by faith, God, I believe you are who you say that you are, and you do what you say you're going to do. I believe that Jesus has come to offer all of this for us, and I rejoice. It says again in verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing, I rejoice in the Lord. And in all that you're bringing and all the the hardship that you might be coming in with and the pain and the sorrow and the weariness that you're bringing into this, Isaiah wants us to remind us in Isaiah 61, there is still reason to rejoice. There is still reason to give praise. There is still reason to honor God. He will make all things right. He will exact justice on the earth. He will restore what has been taken from you. He will renew what has been made old. He will redeem what has been broken. This is the promise that we have. And it's not just possible, it has happened. And we see this because Jesus has come into the earth. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born and lived and died. And we await him to come back to make all things perfectly right again. And so we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate this in Isaiah because of all that God has done for us. This great exchange— Now, we're going to open presents probably tonight and tomorrow morning, and some of you will know instantly, I now have a task on Monday. I now have to go back to the mall or to Meijer or to Walmart or whatever it is because I've been given a gift that you smile and say, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. I don't see the receipt taped to the bottom if you could get that to me whenever you want. And we exchange. We know that the next week after Christmas that the stores are all going to be filled because of people dissatisfied with what they had been given at Christmas. And my encouragement to you, my challenge to you this evening, to whatever it is that's been given to you in this life, whatever it is that maybe you've given to yourself, it's because of your choices and because of you have done the, a pain or a sorrow or a hurt or whatever it is. My challenge to you this evening is to exchange all of that for what God has for you. Infinitely better than what God has for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for, God, your goodness, for the reminder of your faithfulness to us, of the joy that you give to us, Lord, of of the, the exchange that you give to us to be able to demonstrate your kindness and your graciousness to us. God, help us in Jesus to to give all of our hurt and all of our pain and all of our sorrow over to you, to know with confidence and with faith that you will receive it and will exchange it for joy and for peace and for security and for gladness. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.